later this season on Jaunty Mantis. <laughs> the boys roll some dice and read a table from a book. <laughs> <laughs> Subscription numbers drop. <laughs> All right. I'm feeling limber. All right, let's do it. There's, I'm sure there's something you can cut out of that to do our pre-music bump. Sure. Or we could just play the entire thing and yeah. then do the music and be like, wait a minute, are we like an hour into this episode already? <laughs> was the episode <laughs> we we lied about our intentions all right welcome to the jaunty mantis this is a podcast about tabletop role-playing games filled with creative questions for curious gamers we are those two curious gamers i'm maddie this is jesse jesse say hello howdy i don't know why we keep doing that why do we keep saying like hey say hello maddie and then we're just like i'm i'm, I'm sitting there with dread like don't say it don't do it. Don't say it. <laughs> so we got to set each other up differently. Anyway, we're two best buds. We've known each other for a long time. We've played some role-playing games together over the years, and we have great conversations that I think goes back to a little place called Deluxe Diner in Chicago, Illinois that doesn't exist anymore, where we would stuff our faces with franchises. I'm not going to explain what those were. Drink endless I will. pots of coffee. <laughs> And try to wax intellectual on the uh, topics of role-playing game mechanics, creativity, and the uniqueness of our hobby. And that ultimately is what we're here to do today. Isn't that right, Jesse? What's our question for today's episode? Well, we are here in season two, creation without number. Yeah. And what does that and mean? we are... We are following up on creating a cyberpunk campaign setting using the tools available in Cities Without Number, a role-playing game by Kevin Crawford from Sign Nominate Publishing. Uh, in our last episode, little recap, we came up with the basic idea of the city that we're calling the Tower for right now. Um, it is a it's the year twenty three fifty. There's been some sort of climate change where the world is covered in ice and frozen. Um, and there's these arcology-like city-states scattered across the world. The other big problem that makes this a hellscape, other than the fact you can't go outside without freezing to death, um, is there is a brutal caste system in place in the tower. Uh, we came up with this whole idea of a couple of tiers, talked a little bit about how, like, oh yeah, there's some cyberware or whatever that like totally is like you know antifreeze for your blood but you gotta pay to get it replaced capitalism is hell uh we came up with the idea of the edda the sort of mythical religious order that everyone pays lip service to and i wanted to talk to you about having that being the city government okay 
because another thing we we invented uh, will play into that. We came up with the Volga community, the company that controls the power and the heat <laughs> with the most valuable commodity there, some real stand-up folks. And we also came up with a, a gang called the Ethical Horde, um, whose power base and money is from <laughs> lobbying the city government. That's why I wanted the ETA to be the city Makes government now. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, we had come up with the idea of a big aquaculture pond that was kind of like a parkland in the mid tier that's now being turned into a housing development, but that's not going well. So Volga community is losing a bunch of money. Um, and we had a couple of things that we needed to do uh, left. Did I miss anything on that recap? No, that was ridiculously thorough. Oh, thanks. And we I are using. Notes. I tried to take notes. I didn't succeed, so I'm glad one of us did. <laughs> and I we're took using... notes right after the session, and then looked at them before we recorded. I'm a professional. We are using the tables and descriptions and prompts that are just generously provided by this book and that's part of the reason why we wanted to use these tools as an example of i don't want to say work smarter not harder because it that sounds really cliche but that's basically what we are trying to do dear listener is that's what this season is all about it's about creation ideas what is the most efficient less uh less work more fun way of going about that and as always, we're going to use the disclaimer that, you know, if you like what you hear and you think that Jesse and I are doing amazing work with our creative process, please keep in mind that we've been doing this for years. I'm, I, I don't like the idea of saying positive things about myself, but in this case, because Jesse's attached, I think we're doing a really good job. I think this is a great example of how we work well together. And the fine, you know, the, the kind of fun, creative bullshit that comes out of us during these planning sessions, these creative sessions. So just use that as a disclaimer. Jesse and I have known each other for a long time. We work very well together. And don't take this as the rule as written for how you should do it. And don't put yourself to an impossible standard. Just have fun with it. All right. Yep. Anything else to add before we get started again? I think we got a couple places we can go. We can do a little bit more work on our starting district. Um, we could jump into adding a couple other corps because okay. right now we only have one. Um, and we need a couple to, you know, interfere with each other's business. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's where do you create wanna, where do the you other corps. Okay. Because cool. then from those, we may be able to pull inspiration for developing the district. All right. Uh, yeah, I think Mr. Crawford recommends having five, but I think let's just aim for three because. Right. Sounds good. Recording. We've got Volga community. So we're going to need to look up the corp page on page and creating so megacorps. So yep. they can follow along at home. What page is this on? It is on page 126. And just as a reminder, there is a free version provided by Mr. Crawford. Uh, on drive through RPG of Cities Without Number. So you want to pick it up, follow along, go yeah. for it. You know, definitely check it out. And I think we don't say this enough on this show, but 
um, just buy it also, you know, I mean, Kevin Crawford does work in this space at like a genius level, um, like a, like a thermonuclear level compared to most other gamers, but he doesn't make it intimidating and unaccessible. And the man deserves your support. His products are excellent. So yeah, definitely check out the free version and consider supporting him and everything he's doing because he makes wonderful, wonderful toys. Yeah, I just, I'm sorry. I, it was a blank spot for me because I couldn't imagine someone opening the PDF of this book and then not like within five minutes being like, I have to give this dude some money. Right. Okay, page okay. 126, creating Mega Corpse. Let me bring up yep. my dice roller real quick via the magic of the internet. All right, so roll a 1d20. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I got a nine. Nine. Oh, education. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> education oh boy uh what is their general corp style i hope it's something really like really contrary to education well for this i got a 19 vengeful <laughs> <laughs> vengeful education yeah wow I don't even know how to work with that, but I'm excited to find out. <laughs> Using education for vengeance. I mean, you could go the literal route with that, right? Like you could make a statement on the on education, right? If you make the analogy to our world, because cyberpunk as a theme often has analogy in comparison to our modern world. So as a form of vengeful education, you could say that in our own world, the public education or the general knowledge of the human race has gone down significantly due to accessibility through the internet or underfunded school systems. I've had multiple family members that were teachers. My best friend here was a teacher and all of them were woefully underpaid for doing an amazing work, sacrificing their own resources and time. So what if we say that, of course, in this world, the state of education has dropped and this corporation offers free educational resources or products, and they are specifically designed to bring about vengeance towards another group in the city. So it's indoctrination, almost like cult-like indoctrination through education. I like it. And... um that's much better. My idea was like basically like, you know, if they lose the contract for a new charter school, they just kill all your family. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that too. That's fucking I will horrific. See the PTA is kept in line. <laughs> I like using that, and I like using that in an actual game session where we lead the player characters to believe. Uh, the vengeful education is about against certain enemies of this corporation and then use a literal veg vengeful education against the education as you just described it. Uh, oh, they're like, oh, so this is literal too. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, and we can tie that in with the caste system pretty well, you mm -hmm. know, 
Like maybe, ooh, a cool way to subvert that is the only way to rise through the caste system is yes. this like ancient Edda uh, mm-hmm. based scholarship program and which is now fully administered by whatever this corp is like they they have a near total monopoly on all the entrance exams whatever blah 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 and the twist is if you it's not always a better life mm-hmm. like to break up your family and to join this system because you're you're you know they will take your kids if they score high enough right um if you try to stop them, they blow up your favela. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like they provided a service to somebody in your family and now control them. And we could say that the lowest rung of service uh, to this corporation, because you have to pay off your education. So you take the role that they assign for you and you make a like a minimum base pay and then the rest of it goes back to paying back their re- the resources they invested in you. And they put you right back in that fucking community as a representative of their whole fucking bullshit power structure. So they're basically using you against your own people. And there's nothing you can do about it. And if you have a the problem with it, graduate. They... Yep. Exactly. Because most, some of their family member will violate the indenture required to pay, and then they just boot you out and blow up your entire... No, okay, yeah. Like, maybe they put a bomb in your head, and it sounds like a speak and say when it goes off. Is that what those (laughs) things were called? Like, the cow says... Oh, I thought you were talking about a speak and spell. That's what it is. Speak and spell. Yeah. All right, what is their strength? What is their strength? We are going to roll another D20 and figure that out. The result of our roll was a three. Their low-level staff are zealously loyal. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes along with what we just said, right? Like, the lowest rung of this ladder involves them putting you back into the place where you came from, and you are so indebted to them and so fresh out of the system you're like a parent's worst nightmare when their kid comes back from college and starts telling them how to live their life (laughs) well i went to college and now i know everything so go fuck yourself (laughs) just have you seen that snl lonely island thing with andy samberg like doing the song about being a rastafarian because he went to college and smoked (laughs) weed once and so he's got like the white dreadlocks he's just like you know trying to do the jamaican slang but very much being nerdy ass and it's very funny and i think that's who comes back yeah that's you know yeah they got the haircut they got the outfit they're wearing their edda issued suit yeah yeah and it's all like they're fully indoctrinated into that you know at a certain level we talked about how in the upper echelon of corporate structure it's there are those who are just kind of paying at lip service and those who are not right and these yep. people at the lower level are like fully fucking indoctrinated like at, at like a cult like level because if they're not i mean if they stop to think about it the moral consequence of what they're doing is utterly horrific yeah i mean these people are more likely to uh 
follow along with the plan as soon as they realize that the people they love are in danger and all they have to do is just kind of like take an extra helping of bullshit to yep. swallow down the bullshit. All, all right. right. What is their current corp goal? Our current corp goal is a number 16. Number 16, frame a rival for an impending disaster. Oh, wow. This could go places, especially since we have a gang uh-huh. who lobbies the government <laughs> with swarms of people, flash mob style. <laughs> and they're lobbying for local community school control. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh God, I hate these bastards already. This is so... <laughs> I know, right? Like uh, recent corp event. All right, recent corp events. We got a number eleven. Number eleven. It crushed almost all of its direct competitors. <laughs> Who are its direct competitors? It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> okay, but what? Who were they? Is this? Is this why the gang is no longer located? In yeah. its original territory. Yeah. So sum that up back. Remind me what that was from epi- from the first part of this episode. So we we had when we made the ethical horde, one of the things we came up with was like a turn of fortune for the gang or, or an event that's creating complicates, and they've just moved their headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh probably because it was bombed by these bastards. <laughs> yeah. So there's this huge PR element to it of some a lot of the gang are is at odds with itself because the uh leaders of the gang have moved the headquarters into the uh richer parts of the city the higher parts of the tower and therefore there's a they're kind of hiding this story behind it of what you just suggested in this bombing incident all right and then we need a name element all right and roll a d20 and the result is a 13, a natural phenomenon. Ooh, natural phenomenon. And then we'll need the corp element. All right. And then that will be an 18. Union. 18. Union. Natural phenomenon union. So a natural phenomenon is like what? A tsunami? Let's see. Do stellar phenomenon. Okay. Stellar phenomenon. Wait. No Nova Union or something. I don't know. Nova Union. Yeah, I like that. That seems creative, but also um very corporate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their primary business is education, and they are very vengeful. Their low-level staff are zealously loyal. Um what was my screen? Uh their goal is to frame a rival for an impending disaster. <laughs> and as a recent event, they crushed almost all of their direct c- competition. The ethical horde. Yes. Oh, ethical horde or just street gang. They're not even direct competition. They just got caught up supporting oh. whatever mid-tier corp tried to have like an e-learning program. <laughs> like... <laughs> LinkedIn learning <laughs> like didn't come correct is basically what happened. Yeah. Ethical cord got caught in the middle. Yeah. All right. Let's make one more real fast. Okay. Real fast. <clears throat> the role is a natural 20. 
Natural. T- oh, we have our weapon merchants. <laughs> and then our next roll is a natural 20. Vicious, vicious, warmongering weapon merchants. Let's just call them Aries macro technology and move on. <laughs> Always preferring loudly overt bloodshed and violence when practical. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Uh, particular strengths. For this, we got a 16. 16. They have a vast web of spies in the city. Wow. Where does that come from? Does it come from the idea that all their weaponry is rigged? I love that all their weaponry is rigged. They just sell to the street gangs and it all has like recording crap into it. Yeah. So everybody's getting my, it's, it's like, yeah, because Volga's doing that through all the power terminals and whatever. Yeah, everybody's just watching you all the time. Yeah, and that can be a parallel to our modern world. I, God damn it, dude. I feel really sorry for kids today. Like, everything is fucking recorded on somebody's fucking phone. Like, oh my God, the amount of pressure and anxiety around that. Ugh, God. Oh, it makes me sick just thinking about it. But yeah, yeah. but I'm they won't realize it until they're older. <laughs> <laughs> Great. More impending doom for the generation that's gonna begin to deal with the consequences of global warming. Hey, I, I saw a quote the other day. It was something like, you know, people say it's bleak and hopeless, but you know, how cool is it to raise dragon slayers in a time when there's actually dragons? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. And uh yeah, I mean my kids, well, okay, my daughter's a dragon. My son is a sweet sensitive boy. <laughs> but Lottie yeah. will keep him safe. I've seen their school photos. That's definitely a dragon. Mm-hmm. She's fiercer than any dragon by far. She she popped into the middle of a conversation yesterday and just like this is my smoke of the misty mountains voice. <laughs> so okay. Anyway. I am proud of my children. Sorry, listeners of the John T. Mantis. I think they're great people. Don't ever be apologetic for loving your children. Number three was the result on the D20 roll. Uh, This is the strength. Let's re-roll that one. We've already had it come up. Okay. Got a four. Four. They have useful religious or ethnic ties. Wow. Are we going to keep doubling down on the Edda or are we going to create a new religious, another religious institution? Let's. Mm. They have to tie into the Edda. Yeah, everybody does. It's, it's the code everybody pays lip service to that, you know, keeps the, everybody from just like murdering each other and what keeps is, the whole caste system in place. I mean, what is, what does the Edda stand for? The emergency disaster authority (laughs) right and what is one of the essential components of a emergency disaster protocol being well armed yeah so they have ties to the very beginnings of the edda yeah this edda spun this off as (laughs) (laughs) yeah because they got people they got tired of people breaking into their like uh bunkers just looking for guns they're like no we don't actually make those anymore that's yeah this religious component is a is a is a creative evolution of uh doomsday prepping 
So essentially having a written protocol in place to deal with the apocalypse has to include weapons. Like it's, it, there's no way around it. Yep. Okay. Let's roll again. Uh, current corp goals. Number eight, open a new branch in a hostile area. Okay. I mean, if, if business is on two fronts, right? The first one is to put guns in the hands of people who can use them, right? Mm -hmm. Make money. Yeah. Sell to, you know, people who are desperate. And then the other part is to use that observational footage, you know, that's, that's, that's where the real money is. If we're being honest, the information collected from these weapons. Yeah. So it makes sense for them to constantly be expanding. The product managers for this corporation are incredibly efficient and also terrified. Okay. And running a cyberpunk game now that I actually have a corporate job would be totally totally different experience. Okay. Um, Recent corporate events. Number 18. It backed a successful rebel government. How? What did it, what could it have provided? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But does this go all the way back to the beginning? Or no, is, this is our we first, have... this is our first tie into another tower. Okay. Cause we there's yeah, recently exactly. been a coup and it's part of their operation to expand into a hostile territory. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. it happens off screen. Maybe they get a run where they have to get a shuttle and go over to another tower to do some as they tear up and become more than just like mm-hmm. underhive scum. And then our name Got a number six, a foreign, a place, foreign name. place name. And then the corporate element is 14 products. Mm. So a foreign place name. Let's see here. Well, Do let's we have go extra Terran colonies in this. What are extra Terran colonies? Like in the solar system, not on earth. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to. So you're yeah. 2030 something or other. 2350. So what if we <laughs> went for a place name that's like one of the moons of Jupiter, like IO products or something? Okay. All right. I like that. What I are mean, some not... other moon names? What are Mars's two moons? Phobos <clears throat> and Eris? I like IO, but there's also Europa, Ganymede, Callisto. Jupiter LX one LX one products. <laughs> it's LXI. I, I I don't do Roman numerals very well. All right. Um, let's see here. Moons of Mars. Moons of Mars. Union. I think there's just Phobos and Demos, like you just said. Oh, Demos. Phobos Union. Demos like Union. That. All right. Phobos yeah, and... Union. Phobos is like God of Fear. Oh, I didn't know that. That's no moon. That looks like an asteroid. It is. But it orbits, so it's potato shaped. Mm-hmm. All okay. right. Cool. So just to recap, we have Volgacorp, uh, who run the power systems. They have very effective schemes because of their spying devices and all the power grid and heating elements. They are very brutal. They are currently losing money on this development in uh, 
luxury housing they've thrown a bunch at. Um, we have the Nova Union, who are pr- the leading providers of educational choices for the up-and-coming uh, citizen of the tower and other towers as well. Um, they are extremely vengeful and rely on their low-level operatives, people raised up, the only way you can jump in the caste system. Um, they are zealously loyal. Uh, they're trying to frame a rival for an impending disaster. And then we have the Phobos Corp or Phobos Union. <laughs> yeah. Phobos Union. IW Phobos, Knight of Mars. Uh, who are vicious. They make weaponry. They have a vast web of spies and they're trying to open a new branch in a hostile area. And they've recently backed a successful rebel, rebel government. That's right. The products work, people. So it's like, like what? Like Northrop Grumman? Like, Jeez. It, it's, it's like real corpse today. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, jump back into the district. What page for those following along at home? For those of you following along at home, uh, we are looking at the build your district steps on page 121. All right. And do we also start with a d100 role well one of the things we had choose district government i think we're pretty clear that the government of the city is edda but now apparently there's a table on page 130 we're gonna generate a government official or two. Oh wow get in close and say generate three government official npcs with the table on page 130 give them names and particulars as the tables indicate but don't give them official roles or positions yet when you develop your missions and adventures and need government official, pull one of these NPCs and slot them. That is such good advice. I know, right? It's almost like this guy knows what he's doing. I know, I know. Just have a couple NPCs without a specific job. This is who they are. Use them when you need them. Pick a name. Conveniently enough, there are several thousand backer names listed in the back of this book. <laughs> <laughs> now that's fucking genius. Yes, yes. All right, NPC, we'll we'll get a name first. We'll we'll make him and let's just do I'll get a table going or something. NPC one, and we'll just do we'll do these three steps for him real quick. One, two, three. NPC two and NPC three. So these are our representatives of Edda. I'm like trying to imagine what like a hooded robe mixed with a business suit looks like. <laughs> I mean it's a hoodie for one. Okay. But it's like the tech hoodie where it's like really thin. And then like on top of it is that like, is that, um, no, nothing thin jacket. You know what I'm talking about? That has yeah. like no collar on it. And is just like, comes in a, the, the cut or is like a circle almost, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that formal style that never seems to take off that only like kids who are kind of weird, try out at like high school dances. You know what I mean? The Nehru collar? Is that what it's called? I've seen one person pull this off. Was it me? Because I no. have Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, my job, my old job used to take me uh, to various places in the world. And uh, we went to China once or twice or three times. And uh, one of the people in our group forgot to pack a certain item of clothing, a 
necessary requirement to get into all of the education and lectures and talks. And it was a jacket, like a blazer or whatever the case may be. So he went over to the mall and the guy working the tailor shop over at the mall was so convincing that he got our friend to make a custom designed on the spot, have it for you tomorrow kind of deal. And it, fucking killed man he looks so good and he still has it to this day like he still oh takes that's, it a, with that's a mouse suit oh okay <laughs> i have one of those too i have a oh, narrow okay. collar dress shirt that i wear under my mouse suit my yeah, mouse jacket but it's black it's not navy blue so. well well it was a good look on this guy <laughs> all right what is the main strength of this first npc i got a 17 17 ties they have really great ties. Okay, no, they are linked professionally to an organization or group that is very dangerous to... Oh, okay. Well, we know where this one's going. Ties to a dangerous group. Is that the Ethical Horde or one of our corps? I think it should be the Ethical Horde. Okay. The Ethical ties. Horde is both going to be our gang and our fourth corporation to a certain extent. They are pre-corporation. Yes, like okay. that's what and their leaders want to do with this gang is take it is, legit and become a corp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christabel Corp. Christabel Corp. Have you seen Barry? I have not. <laughs> you should really watch Barry. It's fantastic. All right. So roll D20 for me. All right. Number two. Cunning. NPC number two is very cunning. They have, they love having plans for any occasion and a backup after that. Brilliant. And one more. 20 wisdom able to discern a practical path to their desires even when all is murky all right we're gonna go for a virtue for npc number one all right for this we got a natural 20 thoughtful and not given to quick anger for our next npc we got a nine forgiving temperament even if unwise our cunning person is very forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and then for our third, we got a one always keeps the spirit of their bargain. Cool. And then we need a personality flaw. Okay. For our first NPC, we got an 18 spendthrift prone to getting into debt. I thought spendthrift meant you're cheap. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Next. As I, I mean, the closest thing I've ever seen to this word is spindrift. <laughs> Nine, irrational hatred for a class or type. Ooh. Oh, this is such a great juxtaposition. This is our cunning person with a forgiving temperament. <laughs> who, who do they hate? I mean, we got a type. We have a caste system, right? Mm. So who do they hate? And then for our next one, we got 14 promises far more than they actually do. Well, that's just wisdom right there. <laughs> All right. Current NPC problems. All right. For the first NPC, we got a 10. They're being blackmailed or coerced. And for the listeners at home, I hope this is actually interesting to see how these people are popping up. We're going to flesh them out. They're going to get a name here. But like, this is like... I wish I just had these bullet points for NPCs and games I run, like rather than like three paragraphs of text. 
Like, right. yeah, this is making me want to have this as the wallpaper on my desktop computer so that when I run a game and I need an NPC, I could just be like, wait a minute, one, seven, 19, 12. Okay. Here's the guy you're talking to. <laughs> yep. Oh, wait, do you get to the one that has like the one roll thing where you roll one of each dice to determine something and it just paints a whole picture. Oh, like beautiful. All right. Well, that's our future problem. Here's our next current NPC problem. Number seven, they hate their current job or boss for our second NPC there. That's a problem. And last one. Number 12, they're in dire need of money. Is this the spindrift? This is the wise one who always keeps the spirit of their bargains, but promises far more than they actually do. They're in dire need of money. <laughs> and then we need a current desire. All right. For our first NPC, we got number 11. They want to harm an enemy organization. Ooh. Maybe Volga Corp is getting a little too big for its britches. Yeah. Well, the grass is always greener where you water it. Not in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Number 15 for our next, they want to live in a different place. I mean, I feel like everybody in this world wants to live in a different place. Well, luckily there's a new like luxury <laughs> development. That's true. Going in. That's true. They could be the poster child for that, uh, for that endeavor. And for our last NPC, number six, they want to boost a friend's career. Hmm. Want to boost a friend's career? All right. So there we go. Uh, we need names. Shall we just go pick yeah. names from the backer list? Yeah, why not? Let's pay homage to the people that support Kevin Crawford and sign homage. All right. I, our first person will be named Jesse Sauer. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, I just zoomed in. NPC one, I found this name. I just love it. It's uh, Basturian <laughs> Isildintif. I'm kidding. Uh, that's a name on there, right next to Fat Goblin. But um, <laughs> I found one, Christian Bald. Yep, using it. All right, ready for the next one. Ooh, Georgina Akeem. Perfect. Okay, Nigel Van Gool. G O O L. Thanks, Nigel. We're only making plans for you. <laughs> All right, Christian Bald is a government official with ties to the ethical horde. Uh. He's thoughtful and not hmm. quick to anger. He is, however, spendthrift and prone to getting into debt. Uh, they're being blackmailed and coerced, probably because of a <laughs> debt, and they want to harm an enemy organization. Georgina Akeem is cunning for, with a forgiving temperament and an irrational hatred for the poor. <laughs> <laughs> they hate their current job or boss. Oh, that's a cool tie-in for the education system. Maybe their boss is someone lifted from a lower caste. Oh. Who's a favor of the corp and they want to move against them, but they know that they they know that Nova Union is uh <laughs> vengeful AF. Um That's true. And they want to live in a different place. So they might be willing to take a hefty bribe from <laughs> Volga community. You got to think about it in the politics of Menzo Baranson, the drow. Like the mm -hmm. drow are like, look, the basic idea is they expect to be betrayed. The noble houses are all moving against each other. They know this is a thing. The general rule is just don't get caught. 
Like you get caught, you're fucked. That's it. So as long as you can pull it off and not get caught, it's all above board as far as they're concerned. You are that much more respected. And I expect Wait, is, that to be the case in this vengeful education corporation. I was about to say, is Menzo Berenzen a cyberpunk game? And then I remembered the Spire exists. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Grant Howard already did it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and then Nigel Van Gool is known for his wisdom. He hmm. always keeps the spirit of his bargains, but promises far more than they actually do. Hmm. So the spirit, not the letter. <laughs> gotcha. They're in dire need of money, and want to boost a friend's career. Oh, interesting. I wonder why they want to boost a friend's career when they are in dire need of money. Maybe their friend owes them money. I don't know. Maybe their friend has been looking out for them their entire lives. And once again, they're depending on their friend to achieve a greater height in order to benefit from being associated with them yet again. Okay. Um, we got one last thing and we're just going to do one cause we're running long on this episode, but then I think we'll have everything we need, we need for our next time we record to create a run. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause we have people, places, things, interesting, tangled relationships. Um, we have to define a local fixer and it looks like the table for this is on 168. All right. We are headed to 168. Oh, here it is. Okay. This is the one roll generator. You need to roll a D4, a D6, a D8, a D10, a D12, and a D20. What a great way to ramp up the tension and complexity as you're creating this character. All right. So we will start with a D6. Yep. I got a six. They had or have rebel or terrorist ties. This is, what is their basic background? I wonder if this is that rebel government in the next hive over. Maybe they're a spy. All right. What kind of clients do they prefer? Mm -hmm. You rolled a 1d8 and got a 7. Foreign agents of outside powers. I think you might be right. Okay. Why are they they used by operators? That's what they call the runners or whatever in this game. We got a 1. They pay noticeably better than most. Oh, I wonder how they could afford to do that. Um, Then we roll a D4. How established are they? We've got a one. They're a new face with little history. Uh (laughs) Oh, this is perfect. (laughs) It's almost like the character is creating itself. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like the tower is a character in the story. All right. Uh, What bad rumors exist about them? Roll D12. And we got a nine. The gear they supply is often faulty. I love that. Then we're going to roll a d20 for style and or manner of presentation. We got an 11. Junky shabbiness. Deceptively sharp. All right. So we need a name. Let's get uh, an agender or a uh, woman's name. Okay. How about... Let's see here. How about just one word? Talmor. T-A-L-M-O-R. Telmore. So Telmore is our most prominent fixer. We'll probably tie them into the first run. Uh, They have had or have rebel or terrorist ties. They are a foreign agent of an outside power. They pay noticeably better than most, so people take jobs with them. Not a lot's known about them. New face with little history. But the gear they supply, people say, is often faulty. 
They appear dressed in junky shabbiness, but their presentation or manner is deceptively sharp. Wonderful. I love it. Yeah, we did some good work. Yep. And it was fun. Mm -hmm. Just kicking ideas. And we let the system work as it as intended. And we we didn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. We kept it simple. Yeah, this is almost like uh, more. It's like suggestion, like automatic writing, sort of with a very, uh, you know, a very good game designer as a spirit guiding our Ouija board. Like a lot of the work is, you know, we're doing, but we're starting at these really cool idea points. And I mean, what what would you say? We spend an hour and a half and we have like an entire campaign framework, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like this is interesting. I want to know what happens next. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to know what Nova does, what it get ups to, you know, like. I don't just want to know what happens next. I want to run and or play in this game. And I hope you do too, listener. I hope you are listening to this saying, God damn it. I want to play in this game. Yeah. I want to shank a dude for the coin to replace the antifreeze blood in my cut rate cyberware. I want to so be a product of vengeful education who's been forced to live back amongst their neighbors at a slightly higher living standard and is they're not allowed to make more. eye contact with you anymore because you're the next cast up but they're still your parents yeah, yeah. and i've got a bomb in my head in case any just <laughs> anybody decides to take action against my employers yeah good times yep okay we did it guys in our next episode since we actually have a charted out episode progression this season, <laughs> uh, we will create the first run uh, using these elements we've generated um, just to kind of tie it up. And then we will move on to what is our, our next arc for creation? I think our next arc is uh, fantasy. So oh, whatever good. the fantasy without, what is it? Um, worlds. World, worlds without number. Yes, worlds and, without number. So here's a common question that may come up from the listener. Wouldn't that system just be a fantasy-themed version of this? How does it differ? It's a fantasy-themed version of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But so, go ahead. I think, you know, the, the prompts that are leading, like, obviously, this is informed by an understanding of genre. We kept tying this back into cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. right capitalism is hell they're all exploiting it blah 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 when we do the fantasy one that's going to be feeding into that genre a little bit differently right that's right and i think it's important to remember that as prompts you can use these tools or you can toss them yep just a couple times we re-rolled where it just really didn't make sense and then a couple times it didn't make sense that we leaned into it yeah like you're not cheating if you're like, first of all, you can't cheat at this. Like if you are, if you were purposely choosing things to line up what you're trying to create, congratulations, you're creating your NPC, you know what I mean? Or your corp or whatever the case may be. Like there really isn't an improper way to use this system. It's just meant for inspiration. And so, you know, that was our goal with this. And hopefully hearing us do it will be, uh, a resource. And so the way this will work is that after we'll do one for cyberpunk, one for fantasy and one for straight up sci-fi. And then the 
bookend on each one of these genres will be a, a resource or or a next step, right? So for the cyberpunk one, we are creating the framework of the first adventure we would run for the world we just created. For the fantasy one, it'll be the races and people that occupy the species and people that occupy this world since that's a huge element of fantasy elves dwarves tieflings etc so we'll be doing something like that like how can we give a practical application to the stuff we created all right without hey. number <laughs> creation without number all right jesse anything else to add i just i mean this is fun um you know, I, I think I mentioned in, in one episode a while ago, someone gave me a great name for character creation by yourself as the lonely fun. This is, you know, two person fun. Um, why not? Like, why not do this with your table? Oh, yeah, totally. Like with your players before you make characters, like get ideas, bounce it off. Like nobody has to read the book then, you know, right. like, yeah. And then if you do this with your group, they might actually create all of your elements for your first adventure and your storyline right in front of you. And all you have to just sit there and go, shit, that's pretty good. So I'm going yep. to take some notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Going to write that down. Yeah. So they may give you lead-ins for ev almost everything you need to start or maybe even some stuff that's going to come about in the future. Or however you want the time frame you want to run the game in. So yeah, do this we, with your group. I think I mean I can't commit to this, but I think if we we get time, we should probably flesh this out into a write up. Um, okay, and we put it on the website if people want to use this as a campaign setting. Yeah. Okay. I'd be down with that. We can start creating Ooh. a system of resources, and then leverage it for a Patreon. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> capitalism is hell <laughs> all right well thank you for joining us dear listener this is the jaunty mantis podcast jesse if people wanted to write in and ask us questions or comment on the work we did here today or any other episode how would they do that well you can reach us at jaunty mantis at gmail.com you can also reach out to us at the one uh, on hacks the bird site um we have a threads i never check but it's jaunty mantis uh and i am jingoist fet on hex and also jingoist fet on blue sky and uh yeah perfect all right well until next episode i'm going to invoke our famous catchphrase get out there and play some fucking role playing games yeah go go Build a cyberpunk dystopia. I said that last time. Go play some fucking games. <laughs> Go create some cool NPCs. Go create some crazy corporations using a set of tables. Go, Go, en Go enjoy the Go. company of your friends <laughs> and have a laugh. Yeah, build, build an organization of hateful people concerned only with their own advancement at the expense of literally everyone else with your friends. That's living. <laughs>